Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Today's guest is Dima Gowie. Dima, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for including me. I'm super glad to meet you. You were referred to me by my good friend, Kim Perrette. I love her dearly. She's a genius, a wonderful um, longtime friend from Louisiana, and she connected us. So uh, any friend of hers is a friend of mine. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I usually refer to myself as I am Middle Eastern in my genes, American in my heart, and a global citizen in my spirit. Oh, that is was, so beautiful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was born in Turkey and raised in Jordan. And then I moved to the U.S. 25 years ago. And I fell in love with the American way of life. And I loved the education that I got here. And uh, but even even though I am I am Middle Eastern American, but I get to work and travel and live around the world. So I realized that I'm not limited to a specific geography and my home is earth. And I, I just love seeing that and being a global citizen. I love that. Now, so many people think individualistically and parochially. It's so refreshing to hear you say my home is earth and we are, you know, humankind. So, um, I love that. You are a very kind human as well. I know that for sure. So tell me a little more about what you do for a living and what maybe was your proudest professional accomplishment? Yeah. So for the last six years, I started my own business. Before that, I used to work for IBM and Merrill Lynch and Bank of America, so many different organizations. And I was in a global leadership role. But then I got to a point where I decided I wanted to make a bigger impact. And I resigned from a very secure, good job <laughs> and started my business. So my goal is to create healthy work environment and culture for organizations. And I do that through employee engagement. Um, I do it through diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is so important, and the advancement of women in leadership. I feel very fortunate as a woman that I was, I got so many opportunities to advance and grow in the various companies that I worked for. But it's sad when I interact with women, um, other women, and I hear their stories, how they don't have that. So this is a big part of my purpose. Uh, initially, as a Middle Eastern woman, I was raised to believe that I have to be a follower, that I have to obey and I should not have an identity. And this is a big part of my story where I compare where I started in my life and where I am right now. And I'm just so amazed with the journey that I had to go through. Um, my, my story, I gave it for the first time as a TEDx here at LSU. And in my situation, uh, it started in my grandmother's kitchen. And she told me we were arranging flowers in a glass vase and she uh, held the glass vase and she said, do you see this perfect glass vase? A girl is just like it. If it gets cracked for any reason, you can never fix it. You can never glue it back. And that's the one we throw in the trash. So what's really what she was trying to tell me as a five-year-old girl that I cannot, I have to be perfect. I cannot make any mistakes. 
And I always have to be worried about how I'm being judged in the community. So tell me, like truly, how can I, how can I develop my leadership ability and my self-worth and identity if I'm this glass face, right? Yeah, that's a tough standard. Impossible yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah. And um, so then I went through the journey of being perfect, doing everything that was expected of me. I got married through traditional family introduction and I made everybody happy but me. I ensured that everybody was satisfied. Everybody got what, what they expected of me, but I was miserable. And I remember I was uh, 25 years old and I had imagined like I had no identity. I was depressed. I, I just felt so empty inside. The good thing that was happening in my life at that time is my, my husband and I, we were, we were in the U.S. So we got married and we moved to the U.S. So we got married when I was 20. So that's like five years later. And um, I, I just could not stay. I could not. My, that marriage was very unhealthy and it was very controlling. Like even simple things like have uh, talking to my mom. I was not allowed to talk to her more than 15 minutes a week. I could wow. not leave our home without permission. I could not have friends. I was not allowed to do that. So I got wow. to a point very deep in depression as a young girl. And even though I was horrified and scared of the expectations, I had to pack and leave. I had to escape. And I was barely making money at that time. My entire family turned against me. And uh, just for a simple fact of leaving a bad marriage. And I have been living for the last 20 years with death threats from my own father because we have something called honor killings. So if a woman does anything that her father or uncle or brother disagree with, they just kill a small community. Yeah. And they may end up in jail for a, a month or two and then leave with a big celebration. So when you're asking about my journey and my story, it's fascinating looking at where I am right now, meeting with CEO, um, guiding them on how to develop their teams and empower um, uh, their team to have a better culture. But then when I reflect about where I started in my life and the fear that I live with every single day, as if there's just so two different conflicting identities going on at the same time. This is incredible. I have so many thoughts around this. We should talk about after this call um, or perhaps set time another day, because this is remarkable. The fact that you were able to not only have the courage to survive, but to combat and then come out on the other side and then thrive, right? So amazing story. Wow. I would love to share your story with my public. That would be um, you know, we'll talk more about that later. Ideas that I have in my head right now. Has someone inspired you or been a mentor or how did you, you know, get to where you are? Was it with help of others in any way? Because it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> okay. So I, I feel I am one of the luckiest people in the world Aww. because I had so many people that showed up in my life and guided me with my journey um, as if as if I have like some bigger than me, a divine intervention that people would just show up and help. And even though, and it started through my grandmother. So even though she told me about this horrifying story of the bays and I have to be perfect or otherwise I'm going to be thrown in the trash, but she 
told me, mother, she did something else with me, which I believe empowered me early on in my life. I was five years old at the same age. And she truly wanted me to be the first educated woman in my family with a formal education. She was not to go to school. My mom was not allowed to, to uh, go to college after high school or aunts. She just wanted me. So what she would do is she would get one of her magazines and roll it and then tie it in a red ribbon. And then she'd say, today we're going to celebrate your graduation. And she would plan a whole graduation ceremony in her kitchen. Hold, she would hold the rolled uh, magazine, that's the diploma. Right. And she would, if she's an incredible audience, and she would tell them, uh, help me to graduate, uh, to congratulate the next graduate, Dima Gowie. And I, I would, it, it was our game and we played it over and over. How so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So she planted the dream of education in me so early on in my life that when I got married through the traditional marriage, I, my only condition was that I wanted to complete my education and uh, my ex-husband at that time agreed. And I believe that's what saved me because I got educated. I got, I was able to get a job. I was barely making enough. I was making like 30,000 a year in San Diego. Yeah. But it still helped me to survive um, after I escaped and it, it gave me what I needed. So I started, it, it built a little in of confidence in me. So even though, again, my grandmother told me the vase story, which is horrifying, but she also, uh, she's my role model because she taught me the importance of education. And after that, I had um, a professor at the University of San Diego. I was working on my master's after my divorce. And he approached me and encouraged me to run to be the president of the student organization, which was shocking to me because I never saw myself as a leader. I always saw myself as a follower. That's how I was programmed, that I need to follow. I need to stay quiet. I have to obey. And he was the first person ever that saw my leadership uh, abilities, even, even though I did not recognize it. So I, I thanked him and I said, no, I can't do it. I don't know how to be a leader. And he kept insisting every time he saw me. And then finally I ran just to, so he would leave me alone and I got elected. Wow. And I didn't realize that that's going to change my life because that's the moment where my journey of leadership discovery started. And that's what opened doors for me, improved my confidence. I started realizing how wonderful it is to be a leader, not because of the title, but because it is it's an opportunity to empower everybody around me and help them rise and help them discover their potential, which I love doing. And I didn't know that that came naturally to me. And that's what opened the door for a leadership development program at IBM and other things. So I feel very fortunate. Great things have happened. Wow. You amaze me. I have a lot of amazing um, women on my show, as you might imagine. Um, but you and and it's not just because I mean I have a lot of women who are global right global world views maybe um you know came from different places around the world but um your resilience is just palpable I mean it's amazing I just I'm in such grand company and and so honored to know you and have so many ideas about 
things that we could do and, and ways that I want to help to amplify your voice and share your story. Um, I know that you have a book, right? Do you want to talk about your book for a little bit? Yeah. So my book obviously is called Breaking Vases. Wow, I love it. So it's the journey of shattering limitations and daring to thrive. And, you know, it's interesting. All my life, I was programmed to believe that I'm a bad writer. And after my speeches at conferences, people would reach out to me and say, do you have a book? I would like to learn more about the story. And I would say, no, like I'm not a good writer. But what I decided to do is to do an audio program. And I, I thought I'm good in speaking and presenting. Maybe I'll just do that. So I hired somebody to help me with the program. And it's a two-hour program. What she did was magical because she transcribed the audio and gave it to me. And it was 13 pages of my story in, that I was able to hold. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that could be the book. So I started working on it. And it expanded to become 20 pages. Then I hired an editor and she expanded it. And I had friends who helped me as well. I remember it was my birthday and my friend asked me, she said, what would you like on your birthday? Let's go out. I said, no, how about you come to my home and you help me continue to edit this? So that was my gift for her to come to I my home. I love that. That's me. <laughs> Talk about determination. You're talking to a nerd who would much rather stay at home and read and edit books and write in journals than to go out anyway. So I hear you. That's a that's my kind of night in, my kind of celebration. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then I hired a creative editor who and a, and a writing coach. And I realized I don't have to be the best writer in the world. I can I can bring people into my team that are better than me and help me through it. So the book is receiving so many awards. Um, I feel very humbled. And now uh, my agent is selling, well, I don't know if selling it, but she's promoting it to movie directors. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So we're, that's where we are right now. We're pitching it to various movie directors. The story is very visual. And when we wrote it, uh, my team and I there, we ensured that it is extremely like uh, well written and in a in a like we activated the senses. So if you oh read, yeah, and so it has three cultures. It has the Middle Eastern culture, which I love. A lot of people are worried that I said bad things. There's so many beautiful things about the Middle East. So I talk about our holidays, the Christian and the Muslim. Um, I talk about our dance and our food and our music. We have so many beautiful things. And then as I was working for IBM, I was uh, on an international assignment in Japan. So I get to talk about uh, living in Japan and the culture shock and the triggers that I had to face as a woman in a culture that was in a way similar to Middle Eastern of how they treat the women. And of course, my American culture. So I got to talk about me and how I evolved as a person being in such a free country where there is no limits. And I was so hungry for continuing to, edu to educate myself and to grow and how the US totally nurtured me. I am, I am supposed to be here and I feel very fortunate that I got to come here to the US. You are, it is, look, we are fortunate that you came here. I am so blessed and honored and grateful to know you. And, um, you know, Kim, 
I'm so grateful to her for introducing us. So um, there's so much we need to talk about. My, my head is spinning. I'm super excited <laughs> to continue our conversations. Um, for now, let me ask you, um, are you game for a wild card question? It's a question I didn't know I would ask, and I don't know what the question is yet. And you didn't know I would ask it. It's a box that I have of 144 very thoughtful questions. And I am going to ask you one of these questions if you agree. If you don't. Absolutely. Yes, of course I agree. Look at you, courageous risk taker, you. <laughs> Well, right. wait until you read the question. I may change my mind. But yes, what's the question? You are going to love this is so right up your alley. Um, and I think we kind of, you know, we know the answer to a degree. But the question is, how did you find your purpose or calling in life? I think that's the story you just told. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. It's such, it's weird that that's the question I pulled. I mean, there are 144 cards <laughs> and I pulled that question. What do you think your purpose is going forward? Well, I'm going to add a little to what I shared related to how I discovered my purpose. Okay. Because what I, the story I mentioned to you, even though it required a lot of courage and it required a lot of self-discovery, but when I escaped from that marriage and when I went through my MBA and uh, working for IBM, I didn't, I didn't really understand my purpose. Uh, I, was, I was loving the, the opportunity to manage global teams and to empower them and get the best out of them. But my purpose truly started, my clarity related to the purpose started in 2009. That was when I moved back to the US from Japan after my assignment was over and I had a great job. I was still managing global teams. I was making great income, wonderful benefits, but I was somehow unhappy. Like Monday morning was so tough for me. And I just, I felt something was missing in my life. So I hired an executive coach and I, uh, I asked her, I said, I want you to update my resume. I need to go find another job. And she said, sure, we'll do that. But first, Let's, let's spend some time and understand your brand. And I didn't understand what that meant. What is, what is the meaning of my brand? And she was asking me very deep questions about what is, how, how am I different? Uh, what do people think when they think of me? Like, how am I being perceived by others? What is, uh, what is the value that I bring to the world? And at that time, I was in my mid-30s, and I could not answer any of these questions. I went home and I cried. And that's, that's when the whole journey started of self-discovery, where I was managing a global team of uh, engineers. And as I worked with this coach for over a year, what we discovered is what my true passion is, is developing leaders and others and coaching them and speaking and uh, inspiring others. But that was very different than what my, what my daily job was. So I started volunteering whether it is schools, universities, anyone who wanted a mentor, I would mentor them. I would not charge a thing. And I realized how much I was at a high afterwards where I would go to my job and I would feel my energy is low. But when I did this volunteer work, I was so happy. Um, so then an opportunity opened up with IBM in Louisiana for a talent uh, manager for a new technology center. So I applied and because of all my volunteer work, they selected me. Oh, that's and, nice. 
And I loved it so much to a point after a couple of years, I resigned because I wanted to do that full time and I wanted to do, to do it on my own and on my terms. And uh, so that's, that's the journey of my purpose. And now I love Monday mornings. I love Sunday nights where before I used to be <laughs> happy. I love I love all the difference I'm making in people's lives. I love the work I'm doing to create more inclusive cultures within organizations where people feel safe and there's opportunities for them. And because I I know how it's like when when we don't feel safe, and I know how yes. it's like when we are being put down as women and women and all the I know the pain. I know the challenges. So when I'm working with these executives. It's not theories. It's not that I took a course or just finished a degree. You lived it. I, I understand it. And right. I work with them. It's experiential for you. It's, it's you know, f- field work, if you will. Um, that is such an incredible story. You are such a remarkable woman. Um, while you were talking, I texted Kim just to say how amazed I am by you, <laughs> at you, with you. Um, there's so much more we need to talk about. We'll do so after the show, but I want to be able to have uh, my audience reach out to you. So if they want to reach you, how can they do that? So they can reach me on my website and it is my name, Dima, D-I-M-A-G like George, H-A-W-I, com. So my first and last name, DimaGowie.com. And it has my um, my email address. It has my phone number. I would love to hear from them. And uh, for anyone who gets to buy breaking vases on Amazon, I encourage them to reach out to me and I'll mail them um, some motivational stuff and bookmarks and stickers. So um, I love to connect with my readers and my audience and I like to give them more and more. Um, there's something in Louisiana that I loved when I moved here. It's a word that's called Laniap. And that's like a little something extra where the the baker's dozen is 13, not 12. And that's what I love. So once once a person connects with me, they'll get more than than hopefully what they initially expected. You know, I'm from New Orleans. So I love that you said Lanyap. The best word in the world. It's the best word in the world. And, and that's what superior customer service or client service means. A little something extra, value add. Um, you are Lanyap in my life and Lanyap that Kim shared with me. So I'm so happy to know you and I can't wait to further our conversations. Thank you so much for being here today. And remember folks, I'll write all of this and uh, Dima's bio in a blog and I'll share her journey in pictures and I'll include a cover shot of the book as well as the link to Amazon to buy and I'll include her headshot so you can really get to know her not just by listening to the podcast but reading about her and buying her book and knowing her in that way and I'll include her contact info so that you can get to know this remarkable woman as I have so thank you so much Dima and you're a Laniap in my life as well. Aw, thanks. That's possibly the best compliment I've gotten ever. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye.